John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. You have accessed entry 121.DA0403, certificate number 50861, billboards. What's along what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory and you can't say f*** people cunt, that right? Or... I think I'll be alright then. You can tell a lot about a place by its billboards. That's true. I, uh, there is no wall drug around here and I, I never see a billboard <laughs> and for so it. So you never think the town of wall, South Dakota pretty much exists because of those billboards. That was an early success of the American billboard enterprise in the 1920s. They basically created a town by putting up a bunch of signs that said, Hey, you can get ice water <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. And back then people were like, ice water. Oh boy, strap in the children, Maryland. That's right. It's only four more hours on the road. <laughs> and that's and back then that was like six miles, probably, going over those bumpy, bumpy roads. <laughs> yeah, the, the the billboards that stand out in the American Middle West are the Corn Palace, Ball Drug. You've got uh, the thing. Have you seen the thing? Where is the thing? The thing is down in the desert southwest. It's in Arizona, I think, or New Mexico. And for hundreds of miles, there are billboards that say, have you seen the thing? And then the thing is in like drippy, oh, it's you like know, creepy like, horror letters, creepy horror letters. Bangoria. You've got to go see the thing, the thing. Have you uh, seen the thing? <clears throat> I have pulled in to the parking lot of the thing because my bandmates finally s- surrendered after, after a decade of driving past the thing. And they were like, we have to see the thing. And I just sat in the car or the van while they went in to see the thing. Cause I did. I, can I just Google it? What is it? Can I just spoil it? <clears throat> the thing is like a, some kind of taxidermied cat oh, lizard. It's just those in a glass case in a dark room. I think what a letdown. It, you know, we have one here at, at the old curiosity, old shop. curiosity shop, right? Uh, what's the one, isn't there one in the Southeast? What's the wall, South Dakota of like South Carolina? Oh, uh, um, the wall drug of the... Well, you know, there's like all those places in the Carolinas that are that are names that we don't have here, Piggly Wigglies and whatnot. The Oregon Mystery Spot, of course, has no... Right. Has no billboards because then it wouldn't be a mystery. Babe the Blue Ox. Big, giant Paul Bunyans. Uh, I was just in Utah last week doing a little uh, co-quarantining with my brother's family. Mm-hmm. We drove down... 
And it really is culture shock to suddenly be surrounded by billboards, which up here in Seattle, you, Washington and Seattle laws are, are pretty strict on billboards for reasons we can get into later. Although we do have them. We do have them on highways. They've but, been grandfathered in. And there's, there's allowances for on-site advertising. Like if you have a bakery in the building, you can put up a bakery billboard. Right. And that gets abused in hilarious ways. So there are some in Seattle. But, but it's not uh, – when you drive from here to Olympia – you're not just staring at billboards the whole way, no. like you do in other states. And the ones you see have been a protracted legal battle. Whereas in driving through Utah, whether it's right, you know, you're driving on I-15 right through the middle of Salt Lake, or whether you're out on I-80 in the middle of nowhere, you see billboards. Yeah. A ton of them. And they're very, they're actually very revealing, because Utah is a... Is a distinctive culture it's mm -hmm. it's between nevada and colorado but it's little like colorado and nothing like nothing like nevada i mean <laughs> you, you want to think so <laughs> well can you like can you imagine two cultures that are more i mean there's plenty of mormons in nevada right and there's plenty of reprobates in utah true but the way those things manifest in the public sphere you know wendover is the line between tabernacles and and casinos right tabernacles of sin i call them <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, it's always convenient to me that geographically in between in between Utah and Nevada there's a you know 100 square thousand mile no man's land that's just pockmarked with nuclear uh like craters and UFOs it's like the DMZ <laughs> That's at the request of both of both the Utahns and the Nevadans. Yeah. Can we just have like 50 square miles of salt yeah. that, that that could support no life? It's insane. Everyone in Nevada is is crowded against that western border, and everyone in Utah is like crowded up in the rain shadows against of the, the mountains. mountains. Yeah. So just driving through uh Utah, I, I was reminded of what a strange and wonderful place it is, just from the billboards. Like the billboards teach you how to Utah. Right. And I was taking notes. Um, you see, I mean, you see plenty of kind of typical American billboards. There's plenty of, per that are novelty to us because we don't have them in Seattle. So you see plenty of personal injury law firms. Mm -hmm. You see, uh, a ton of political ads. There's a, a Republican primary for the governorship going on there right now. And of course that's the, that's the electoral race. Sure. Exciting. Uh, so that's, that's wh whoever wins that. Exciting to get screamed at from the side of the road. <laughs> you definitely know when you're in pro-life country because there are a lot of those. Pictures of a, of a fetus um, writing in a journal or doing a tightrope act, all the things you can do at 11 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and there are some, there are some religious ones, not particularly, uh, not particularly Mormon, actually. There's, I've seen these in South downtown, the ones that have a, uh, a heartbeat monitor that flatlines, and then it says, are you prepared to meet Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, a little dark. Apparently the only thing they, they believe, the only thing keeping people from religion is the illusion of immortality. Right. If you were just to confront the that fact heartbeat. that someday your heart will stop in a hospital, then you would You're immediately like, find oh, damn. find the good word. But it really feels to me like that is kind of an invitation to like push your luck. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> Well, especially on a highway. I feel good today. I'm driving ninety through Utah like everybody does. I don't need to deal with this now. <laughs> yeah. I, it looks like I've got time. Yeah, sure. Put it off. Um there are what else we got? There's plenty of us. Uh, oh, the the uh, the elect the governor ads were interesting because they're all Republicans, but it's from a vast swath. You can tell who the guys are who have photographs with Trump, right? Like 
Because, you know, Utah, although extremely conservative, is not particularly Trumpy. Right, because uh, because Romney was like one of the only old guard Republicans to stand his ground. That's the other way around. Romney did that because he knew he had a safe voting block at oh, home. Oh, got it. There's plenty of... I also saw billboards with, you know, vote out Romney and a picture of a rhinoceros because... He's a rhino. He's a Republican in name only. <laughs> Zing. Can you imagine thinking that Mitt Romney is a... <laughs> He's like, a scary, a scary socialist. Closet liberal there sitting in his, sitting look, on a couch made entirely out of polo shirts. Look at shirts. his chin. As long as every, as long as, <coughs> I always think he looks like the Minecraft version of Don Draper, you know? Yeah, he's, right. He's, pick, he's, he's got too few pixels. He's, he's like made out of Legos. 8-bit Don Draper, yeah. As soon as he's all, as long as he's all made out of right angles, you know he's not a closet uh, lefty. But, um, but some of the, you know, John Huntsman's running for governor right now, but he's a little bit iffy i think he was obama's ambassador somewhere oh dear, oh dear. and i think he was a clinton era ambassador to singapore when my parents were in singapore i think huntsman was what about his emails <laughs> i don't know does he have an email service <sighs> probably that's probably. the kind of thing people in utah pretend to care about yeah but they don't actually care about um because that's the thing about these mormon republicans in utah is that they value decency and good behavior above ideology Boy, remember when those were things that Republicans cared about? I, 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 you got to, and religious Republicans. Oh, make America great again. You have to laugh. Why don't Republicans? The party of old-fashioned good manners and saying ma'am and sir. Yeah. You know, sure, the racism, but they said ma'am. Utah's pretty good on stuff like race and immigration, too, because they're weirdly, even though they're like, extremely uh needle into the red they're also well traveled and well educated and uh oh right so the, they're they're pretty good on immigration and the missionary culture the, yeah the missionary culture the uh, all all men are brothers and sisters uh, but there was a kind of if uh, if you'll pardon the expression come to jesus moment within the mormons where they they kind of had to acknowledge that they had been a little bit xenophobic for most of the 19th early 20th century oh sure i mean and then they were like hey you know what let's be the Religion of peace and brotherhood. I mean, be, so being on the John, being in the John Bircher camp during the whole civil rights movement had a super long hangover, as it probably should. <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, they were just, they had the best trucks and guns. What were we going to do? We're good now. It's 1978 and we're good on race. But they flipped around, you're saying, like culturally. Uh, maybe, they, maybe they stayed the same place and the rest of the Republican Party just, just sank into the salt flats. Oh, that's awful. I don't know. So, so you can see in these... Uh, in these ads, the guy who the guy who's running as the the solid Trump ally is doing terribly. Even Huntsman, I think, is going to lose to the the current lieutenant governor oh. who follows me on Twitter. So I'm a huge well, I'm a huge fan. Maybe he uh, listens to Omnibus. Uh, lieutenant Governor Cox, are you listening right now? This is not necessarily an endorsement, but we're mm. not voting for the the mm. other those other wacky those jobs. other guys. The weird thing about his campaign, I noticed from the billboards, is that. In contradiction of everything you think you know about politics, and you can tell me if there's precedent for this, I don't know. He is using yellow and green as his color palette. Yellow and green, and he's not some third party nut. He's 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 leading in all the Republican primary polls. So when I um, <clears throat> when I was running for Seattle City Council, and we were um, making some of those executive level decisions about what color our yard signs were going to be. I said, "Hey, let's do like green ones. They all they all they always tend to be red, white, and blue. Like, let's do green and orange." Could you not figure out why they were red, white, and blue? The, that's the thing. They uh, all of the all of the political advisors came back to me and said, "Don't do green and orange. Don't do don't try and get fancy. Just do red, white, and blue." And 
I, you know, I, I've got style. I wanted them to, sure. you know, come on. You like, want better, nice plaids? Sure, jazz them up. And they were like, nope. We've, t- you know, this stuff's been tested time and time and time again. Green communicates weakness. Yellow communicates cowardice. If only McGovern hadn't used brown and beige. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so my signs, you know, if you see them, they're red, white, and blue. So if you had just grown up reading comic books instead of uh, the, denigrating the, them. The great American novel. Instead of reading <laughs> Twain <laughs> and Whitman. You would know this, that the heroes are always in bright primaries. Spider-Man, Superman, Superman that's always red, blue, and yellow. Captain America, red, blue, and yellow, red, blue, and yellow. And the villains, Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom, they're always in greens and purples and oranges. The green goblin. Corrupt colors. So really, I don't know if- The orangeman. I don't know if that's just an accident of printing that created in us the idea that primary colors are morally sound or if it's the other way around i feel like the the lesson i learned was you know don't knock city hall and don't don't go up against the primary colors well by this time people listen to this either in the late summer or the far future we will know whether spencer cox's yellow and green gambit worked in, in utah of all places right i i <clears throat> i do feel like um the more i think about it i would never vote for somebody with a green and yellow Billboard. I don't even care what their politics because are. I just I, it's, it's making me uncomfortable. It seems weak. Yeah, it does. Weak willed. <laughs> weak willed. Do uh, uh, do does Utah have here in Seattle uh, when when uh, cannabis became legal for whatever reason they really populated the billboard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's billboard. What would you call it? Geography here. And so many of them flipped to cannabis billboards. Now, is there anything like that in Utah? When the medical, mar- I didn't see a single one. When mm. the medical marijuana law was on the ballot uh, a year or so ago, there was a kerfuffle where billboards went up using quotes from Latter Day Saint scripture, like I think using Book of Mormon quotes or, or Joseph Smith sermons or something Bold. to make the case for medical marijuana. Bold. And uh, they disappeared. Uh, maybe somebody at. LDS church headquarters got on the phone, but then they came back. So I'm not really sure what was going on there, Huh? but uh, there's not really, there's no dispensaries or anything there to advertise. I see. Um, There There was a political advertisement, but not a, um, yeah, the political advertisements you see in Utah are like, get us out of the UN and you, (laughs) and you've got to go an hour South of Salt Lake for those. I'm not joking. That that is actually what you'll see. Get us out of the There are other weird, there are some with a religious tinge. Um, driving south into, into uh, from Davis into Salt Lake County, we saw a billboard that's been there for years that says something like, Cosmopolitan Magazine is pornography and hurts kids. Check out CosmoHurtsKids.com. Cosmo hurts kids. Maybe I shouldn't be giving the URL because we're just giving them gawker traffic, looky-loo traffic. My, my, sense, of, um, my sense of the uh, futurelings is that they're not... They're not Cosmo subscribers? <laughs> <laughs> no, that they're more, much more likely to be Cosmo subscribers than to go visit CosmoKillsKids.com. If this site exists in the far future, please let us know what's on it. Because I can understand thinking that this magazine that has cleavage on it and 10 tricks he'll love in bed might uh, offend certain blue noses, who even to the degree of calling it pornography. But it's hard to see how it would hurt kids unless they have a subscription and are... Uh, are are learning oh, tri- no. tricks he'll love in bed. You know what it is? It's feminism that hurts kids. 
Especially Cosmopolitan Magazine's kind of sexy feminism. There's no way. Like, the idea of Cosmo as a Helen Gurley Brown engine of feminism is... I think it's really... Have you... A lot of supermarket chains, even here in Seattle, will have a family-friendly lane where you can take your little ones through without having to see the the debauchery on the cover of Vanity Fair that month. Uh, I see. Well, it's... Uh... It's the it's all the us magazines and in styles and you know the ones about about uh, that's what's making the, the frogs gay the royals that are that are having sex with each other <laughs> they're the ones I don't want to look at instylehurtskids.com and there's the weirdest thing which I it took a lot of explanation from my well first of all there's a lot of cosmetic surgery ads I'm like a weird number on billboards on billboards just Every few blocks, another ad for Dr. Whatever who's going to cold freeze away your love handles. I don't know that I've ever seen one. Uh, Not in Washington. No. I mean, what a weird thing to put on a billboard, right? Like, it's not exactly an impulse purchase. And you don't think of Utah as a place of with that kind of vanity. The culture is extremely, I don't want to say vain, but it's appearance-centric. Yes. Uh, You know, there's a lot of kind of awful McMansions and right. uh, you know, Mormons aren't as bad on the prosperity go- gospel stuff as, as maybe certain kinds of evangelicals, but is that, but kind we're of not, the, we're, we're not great. Is that the reward on earth? I, I guess. Sort of? I mean, you're supposed to be above all that stuff. I, I, I do not see the straight line between growing up Mormon who, who are supposed to be kind of a, a plain thrifty people. Right. And this um, kind of Botox and boob job culture i'm, there, I'm there not sure where it comes from aspect of like mormon uh mormons as like the beautiful whites wholesome perfection just like country blonde like like high prairie people who whose eyes are white as snow that's what you see at the supermarket yeah so maybe there are a lot of people that that feel like that's a beauty standard that it, they need to like whack off their slightly long nose i mean it's it's awful i mean it's a pernicious thing because if people if if enough people are feeling that way to support that many cosmic surgeons, just think how many bummed out people there are. <laughs> like you can, like you go to any go to any Mormon church, and uh, I'm sure there will be some lovely people. Sure, but, but they're not. It's not. They're not all going to look like Miss Utah. Going to be somebody with a snaggle tooth. So there's a lot of those. There's also something called. <laughs> this is going to be. I don't think you're going to believe this exists. Lay it on me. It's called Tribe of Kings. But kings is spelled with a Y. So my brother kept calling it tribe of kings, which I assume they do not do. Kings. It's some kind of a men's rights thing founded by this uh, Salt Lake guy named Richard Paul Evans, who writes kind of like goopy, sentimental Christmas things they get in the Deseret News that get turned into TV movies, maybe. But he's decided that men are in trouble and they just need to go into the woods and do this kind of medieval thing with with uh, councils and crowns and, and uh, you know, it's an attempt to bring back Elks and Kiwanis, but with Game of Thrones right. branding. But but he knows that replacing a vowel with a Y <laughs> is traditionally uh, an effort to degenderize a word or to fem, femgenderize a word, right? So I don't, so I'm kind of sympathetic to this idea that Men are kind of a problem in a lot of cultures. They're the mm. ones going to madrasas and blowing up buses. And in our culture, they're shooting up Air Force bases and schools. I believe even even futurelings will agree that whichever of the whichever of their multiple <laughs> what's, genders, what's the largest gender? <laughs> well, which gender has the has the protuberances? Oh, it's. Per, I thought it was going to be maybe 
social power. You think it all comes from protuberances? I think it's protuberances. Which whichever. Then why gender are all the is, women going to cosmetic surgeons? They're getting their protuberances deprotuberized. I mean, protuberances that inject uh, genetic material into another futureling. That's there's what always, it all comes down to. There's always got to be flow, right? It's got to go from. I mean, I guess you could have you could have a, you could have futurelings where they both flow to the middle and the and their progeny. Sure. Why can't, why can't there be two equal uh, sets of tentacles up. interweaving and uh, and and mixing? I don't know mitochondria. The, the little things got to grow somewhere. Does it just? I guess you just sit linked until the until the bubble grows. You got your gross male idea that something's just got <sighs> to something's, something's gotta, just got to penetrate something else, that's and that's right. the only way it gets well, done. Well, that's what I'm saying. Whoever the protuberance is, that is the bad gender. <laughs> Those are the ones <laughs> blowing up buses. <laughs> Why? So, Why? They, they've got just, everything they want. They've got protuberances. No, it's just in the nature of it. Because they're used to being able to... They're the poker, not the pokey. And so they're going to go poke uh, yeah. elementary schools? Yeah, they're just... Well, the, the ones that... The ones that the ones don't that have can't a, poke. That's right. The ones that don't have a place for their poker. Well, see, that's the problem. So this kind of idea that 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 men are in trouble and we need to teach them good values, like right. who's not on board with that? But often it boils down to, and here's why they're in trouble. Because of because of feminism, too much women. Like everything was fine when when women didn't have jobs and and uh, social clout. But some of that, like men go scream in the forest and paint, um, like Lord of the Flies, paint on themselves and jump around. Isn't it based on some uh, touchy feely, like scream your feelings? Doctrine? Yeah, I mean, and I think that would be true here. I think there's a lot of kind of sitting around the fire. To, bonding with your bros and actually being able to open up. Yeah, right. Like crying with other guys and as a way of making a new kind of masculinity, as opposed to the promise keepers thing where it's like, we don't cry. We got guns for that. We got guns for that. We make you cry. <laughs> so I don't understand this thing at all. Sure. Like apparently. I was looking around on the internet and anecdotally, there are a lot of people and a lot of these bonfire sessions do kind of turn into until the women got uppity. Oh, right. But, uh, and the guy himself, this Evans guy who started it, I think he's gotten me too'd for, for being a little too huggy at the, at the Christmas box conventions or whatever. Why Kangs? <laughs> I don't know. Is there any? <laughs> it's to make it look old timey, but they screwed it up and it just looks science fiction-y. Yeah, right. That seems like a weird, that seems like some, somebody you'd have an encounter with in Star Trek, uh, Voyager. I looked on the website and there was some, well, you know, in, in old English, it was C-Y-N-G. And I was like... Was it? I'm not do, so sure about do, that. Do we think it was? <clears throat> As someone know. who's read Beowulf, <laughs> cover to cover in the original. <laughs> so there's a lot, so there's a lot of these ads for whatever this culture is of, and you you go out into the woods and there's a steward council of stewards that uh, if you pay your dues will give you a crown and now you're the king in your own oh, home. It does seem oh, like boy. maybe it's. Uh, it does seem like it's. Yeah. It, well. the, Possibilities for misogyny seem right. I don't know. King. <laughs> King isn't the model, right? I mean, King. Nobody's talking about queens. Definitely, you if that. you're talking about two tentacles merging and, and uh, like raising a child in a bubble, there, there's no king in that relationship. There is no tribe of Yas Queen billboard in Salt Lake City. It might, you I know what? KYNG might be drag kings, in which case I'm <laughs> wow. there for that show. What if that's what they're getting up to in the woods? <laughs> they're crying because like finally they can wear the feather boas that, that no, their wife laughs it's at. It's the other way around. Drag kings are all, you know, they're like uh, they're like girls that dress like boys and put on like oh. cool like Latin themed um, salsa parties. Oh well, that's exciting. It's super exciting. <laughs> some of the some of the best drag shows I ever saw were drag kings. 
And then just kind of random libertarian ones. A lot of ads for DuckDuckGo, the, the search engine that doesn't profile you. There's uh, Campgrounds of America that you see all across the world, all across the middle of the United States, KOA. A, a weird thing in Utah is um, a lot of software recruiting ads, like recruiting engineers. Like it's not just like, here's a, because there's a ton of tech now just south between Salt Lake and Provo. That was your little world, right? I used to work there. And it was not, and the, the ads are not like, hey, you've got to use this great new project management software. It's really like some nerdy, it'll say like, we need engineers, but it'll say it in Klingon or Elvish oh, or something. Some test that, like, how yeah. smart are you? So the ads are actually, like, even though you're just, even though you're less than half an hour from the get us out of the UN billboard in Springville, all the ads are like super competitive tech companies. Right. They're, they're yeah, written, written in a binary code. It's, so yeah. so are, they, are a lot of them, like, would they be unintelligible to someone just driving along? Certainly the Klingon. Yeah, some works. of them had jokes. Like, uh, and I had to ask my brother to explain the joke. He was like, why does it say we'll kick your sass? And he was like, well, that's software as a service. It's a right. pun on ass. But really, the real joke is about software, which, you know, what's funnier than software as a service? I mean, the... <clears throat> The, my daughter's mother works in that universe, and she showed up one day with a T-shirt that said, like, we're good in the sock. And SOC means, you know, like, I don't know, some kind of um, internet security gag. I know you love puns, but like, I don't think that one's great. What do it's you think? Because it sounds more like sock than sack. The thing is, she gave away... 6,000 of those shirts because everybody wanted one because in that, because at Black Hat conference in Vegas, everybody was like, that's hilarious. That'll look great with my Pepe tattoo. Speaking of campgrounds, there's some uh, new, uh, new age Smokey the Bear ones where he's saying, don't keep it lit. Oh, come on. Smokey doesn't want it to be lit. Hey, fellow kids. Because that's when forests burn down. Don't keep it lit. The thing about billboards is they're kind of cheap, you know? I don't know how much money that Cosmo Hertz kids lady has, but... um, They're not, however, because I looked into getting a billboard. Oh, maybe that's... Maybe that's because of Seattle billboard scarcity. Well, you know, uh, the comedian Nick Thune... Mm -hmm. A friend of ours. I know Nick on Twitter. uh, When he had a new record coming out, he's a Seattle guy. Yeah. When he had a new new, He's the guy that annoyed me by throwing out the first pitch at a Mariners game, when clearly he's not as famous as me. No, but he's very handsome. He's handsome. He's tall and You can't say he's not. He had a new album coming out, and he was talking to his record label about promotion, and he said, what if we just put all the money into a billboard? And they said, you can't afford a billboard with our promotion budget as it is. <clears throat> and so he ended up buying a billboard in like way Southern Oregon, like one giant billboard that said, buy the new Nick Thune comedy album. And, and it, did that work to his sales in, in Grants Pass skyrocket? I think what it was, was it became, um, it was a news item. Yeah. Not not a huge one, but like you know, it, local color. It, yeah, it got and it got talked about on Slate maybe one day or something. So, but we looked into it for my um, award winning war movie podcast, Friendly Fire. We wanted to get billboards. Where would you have put them? Uh, we were going to put them here in Seattle, small ones, kind of along the side of the road. And it did. It was going to be twenty grand. I really? Think, for what does that? What does that give you? A month? Six months? A year? I think not. I, I think maybe a month. Jeez. It just didn't seem like it was going to pencil out. There's no way they cost that much in, in Utah, Utah, I think, where there's, 
hundred times as many billboards because uh, like, look how bad these slogans are. I mean, okay, here's another, here's one gab phone, finally a safe cell phone for kids. That's kind of Mormon parental paranoia. Right. Uh, but look at this. Uh, it's a mortgage company that says, trust your gut, get a second opinion. If you're getting a second opinion, you're not really trusting your gut. Wait a minute. It hadn't occurred to me, but you're absolutely right. Don't trust your gut. Get a second opinion or trust your gut. Don't, don't get a don't second opinion. To anybody else? Or this, um, well, I guess he, here's somebody that's got a lot of money. North of Salt Lake by the Air Force Base. Northrop Grumman has billboards. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what they want to get the word out. And it was a very confusing one. It shows some kind of missile defense system and it says, we build the stuff that, um, the, I can't remember the, the slogan. Burns up Afghani weddings. <laughs> Uh, it was something like, uh, like this is the deterrent to war, but we know how to get around it or something. It, it was really like, oh, mutually assured. It was something about how like they've hacked, uh, deterrence they, right. with missile defense, which really, if I understand the geopolitical theory means that they're we're more likely to have nuclear war yeah, now. As long as you take deterrence, the, the more you take deterrence away, right. <laughs> uh, the, the more you incentivize. Northrop Grumman seem to be very against deterrence. You know, I get <clears throat> I get the magazine Wings of Gold, which is the um, the magazine of the uh, the Naval uh, Pilots Association. Stolen valor. And uh, I get it because my dad was a Navy pilot, and when he died, I sent in the cancellation notices for all his magazines, but they don't. They're one of those magazines that will just send me one until I die. Um, but the magazine is full. I mean, it's basically the only people that read it are either active duty Navy pilots or retired Navy pilots. But cover to cover, it's full of ads from Northrop Grumman and McDonnell Douglas saying like, you're going to love our missiles. Who, who do they think you are that you're going to, where are you going to go to buy one? I think, I think that the people reading it are admirals who are like hey i saw this interesting ad for a northrop gunman missile like there's only ask your doctor <laughs> if the if these raytheon missiles are right for you what are there like 40 50 people in the world that are that are making a decision between two missile options side effects may include regional instability burned up wedding goers that's crazy well i didn't mean to talk that long about the billboards of salt lake city but the point is it's a window into a, a the soul of a place it's advertising and billboards are not a new development. Oh. In 2017, a Yale, a group of Yale archaeologists uh, decided to map what the road system was like in ancient Egypt and try to find new stuff given where the highways would have been instead of the other way around, instead of finding stuff and then figuring out oh, where the highways must have gone. So they, they guessed that this is where the highway through the, the city of El Cab must have been. And they start looking at the rock faces and they find billboards. On the sides of the of the cliffs and the structures facing this ancient highway, there are hieroglyphics that are not the normal one inch high hieroglyphics they saw everywhere else in the city. They're like the letters are a foot and a half high, and it's Whoa. You, a, you know a bull a bullhead on a pole, and then two storks, and then an ibis drinking water, and and this is a billboard from fifty two hundred years ago. This is older than three thousand BC, and it's personal injury law. No, I don't. I, it appears to be the signs of like royal, the royal family of that time. So it's like, it's like, it's welcome to Idaho, basically. It's like, you are now in the land of this pharaoh. Uh, so 
you know, travelers take note. It's, it's an advertisement, but it's for the government. Whoa. It's like Northrop, Northrop Grumman. So there have been billboard-like things for tra- the travelers have been seeing for 5,000 years. But obviously, not, today's kind of mass-produced images could not have come about until lithography, you know, the ability to duplicate images precisely, was invented in the, what, 18th century. Um, and that's when you started to see signs for circuses and other kinds of traveling entertainment that were, that were going to come to a, a town. Uh, mo- these would mostly be up on buildings and fences. At the 1889 Paris Exposition, it all goes back to a World's Fair, the, the Paris and the Chicago Expositions of the late, of around the turn of that century, um, that's where billboards were standardized with the 24-sheet yeah, those are model beautiful. we have today. The the, um, the kind of Art Nouveau billboards of the of the World World's Fair era. And I guess flyboarding is older than that, which is what they call the the kind it, of wheat board pasting. Paste, like yeah. that's something you would have seen in in London, maybe in Shakespeare's time, you know. Uh, right. But these giant, big, beautiful multi sheet ones that make a single image were an innovation of of these World's Fairs of oh. a century ago. And then, where, where and and so how were the initial rights? To the to the land, or how, what, what, were, was it all? Was it already an industry where someone s- sold the whatever the the wall rights of their building? Yeah, these are usually on buildings and fences, and it would have just been a landlord, you know, getting a, a nice little supplementary income for for renting out his space or her space. Mm-hmm. No, just kidding. It's my space. <laughs> Check out my SoundCloud. But then two things happened in the early 20th century that changed billboards forever. One was that they finally, uh, some American trade group standardized a size. This is how big billboards are going to be. Because that that lets you build nationwide campaigns for Maxwell House or Coca-Cola or Kellogg's or whatever your product is. And you can buy space all over. And then the second thing was the Model T, of course. Suddenly there's cars. And suddenly there's huge parts of America where... Advertising space is abundant and cheap, and now people now that that space actually has eyeballs, right? Right, right. Um, and it's for you can advertise stuff that people might be people. People who are traveling are prone to bad consumerist decision making, right? That's what kept SkyMall in business all those years. At home, you would never buy a, some weird new space age pet dish, but at thirty thousand feet, you might. I, I feel like what American advertising uh, along the highways taught us is that everyone wants a better way of shaving burma shaving yeah they all they whatever their current shaving cream is they need a switch that, that was huge like making th- that and wall drug are kind of the two examples of billboard become billboards becoming sticky in the culture by giving people entertainment this was back in the age when advertisements were either pretty pictures or a list of a list of facts you know your magazine would tell you why you needed to switch baking sodas but Things like wall drug and baking and um, Burma shave compared to the boring, uh, the the boring beauty of the American West. Now there was entertainment. There was media there. Like the Burma shave signs would advance a little poem, and uh, you'd see the next couplet of the poem a mile up the road or something. Right, like, and, and uh, so everybody, all the the kids are now excited to what's read. What's going to happen at the, the end of the poem? Right, he played the sax. Long pause. Had no B.O. Long pause. But his whiskers scratched, so she let him go. Burma shave. You know, just a li- little doggerel about the importance of a nice close shave. Yeah. Like all good poetry. Heyday of uh, Madison Avenue. <laughs> but that actually is kind of a novel thing, that there would be a, a funny little 
a funny little poem with a punchline. And there was some backlash um, even back then. Like in the Gilded Age, there was backlash to the the potential eyesores that were provided here. And uh, this must have been pretty widespread by the 1930s. Um, Ogden Nash wrote a parody of, you know, that trees poem by Joyce Kilmer? I think that I shall never, you could probably recite it. A poem lovely as a tree, a because, tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast. Whoa. Wait, I didn't know that poem was so naughty. Mm, a tree that looks at God all day and lifts its leafy arms to pray. Wait, it's looking at God and sucking on an earth breast? I'm afraid so. A tree has two two sides, the sucking side and the lifting its arm side. Don't we all? Though, aren't, aren't we all that tree sometimes? <laughs> a tree who may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair. It would be funny if you just learned this poem like last night. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid it's one of the... Things that one <clears throat> it's one of the the timbers that shore up my my broken personality. It's literally a timber. Uh, in 1932, Ogden Nash wrote a famous parody. Usually, Nash was above parodies, but uh, this one says, "I think that I shall see, never see a billboard lovely as a tree. Indeed, unless the billboards fall, I'll never see a tree at all." Oh, darn! What a wag smack. So the idea is that uh, people are considering billboards to be kind of a oppressive barrier on the highway that keeps you from enjoying the beauty of America. Now, how did Barnside billboards like mail pouch and rock city, all that stuff. We actually have a, I was looking at the Washington state law against billboards and there actually is an exemption for beautiful old vintage ads like that. And yeah. then, but then it says there are no longer any of these left in the state of Washington. <laughs> we got rid of all our amazing barns with ads for saddle liniment or whatever. Um, but that probably would have been about the same time. You don't need to erect a new structure. I mean, today, maybe it's back then it, it's got to be expensive to build something, a freestanding, huge thing next to the highway, right? There just aren't that many picturesque barns. None. Zero in the state of Washington, apparently. But you do see when buildings get torn down, all of a sudden on the side of a brick building is revealed an old painted advertisement of some kind. And that seems turn of the century. Some of those are still up. Um, are there any in Seattle? Jacksonville, Oregon has a beautiful, it's kind of a survived its ghost town status by becoming a tourist town. And it's got a beautiful old Coke ads on the sides of the brick downtown. There are some in Seattle. You do see them. Uh, but um, do you remember the one above Dick's hamburgers on Broadway? The, um, what the, the Broadway video that was like it was north, north of it? North of, yeah, north of it. There was, a, there was a painted advertisement on the side of that building for a while. Coors? I, I, think it's, I think it got covered over with some kind of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... So maybe we can get into this now. So Washington has very... Has since even before federal laws on billboards came into effect, and we'll talk about that in a second, states would get um, kind of bonuses. They'd get more federal transportation money if they would regulate billboards. Really? Like, who, who's administration did that it would have been eisenhower and then kennedy i think so um as early as 61 washington was limiting billboards and one of the exceptions as i said is on-premise signs so you know if if your if your business is in the building then you can advertise it right and it was intended i think for you know a, a bakery or a butcher shop or or whatever right um but today it gets hilariously abused because downtown Seattle does have plenty of buildings with these big Amazon or Apple billboards on top. And by state law, they all have to have a little address or a little, you know, a license number telling you, um, here's the thing on this block where you can buy this product. But, mm. of, but often they will have entirely fictional addresses. 
What? Like it'll just it'll it'll tell you the ad. It'll be an Apple ad, and it'll have to say on the bottom, uh, you know, Stewart, you know, five forty Stewart or whatever. And then you go there, and it's just some bricked up building, or it's the toll booth at a parking garage. So no one is monitoring this. Uh... Not very closely. Wow. And Boo. so and so that's why you get all these Amazon-y ads downtown, and you know, at first maybe there's a head fake to yeah yeah there's a place in the building that actually sells iPhones or something, but, right. but soon there isn't. Uh, the, by 1955, billboard, the billboards were a $100 million business in America. And that actually increased substantially, especially from 1972 to 1999, when there was a huge boom in billboards for, can you guess? Uh, uh, Raytheon missiles. In 1970, as of 1972, it was no longer allowed. You were no longer allowed to oh, advertise on television. Right, you couldn't advertise, but booze or cigarettes yeah. on TV. Tobacco. So t- tobacco had to move to billboards. Right. Of and course. then in that 1999 Clinton era settlement against big tobacco, one of the clauses was they had to turn all these thousands of tobacco cigarette billboards into smoking kills billboards. I remember that too. I mean, you remember the the Joe Camel billboards sure. where his giant. Giant. Nose looked like a uh, looked like a protuberance. What did it look like? Looked like a looked like did it a, look like a, was... uh, Do you not know this? Story? Yeah, oh no, oh, yeah. I, I know. I'm sure. Of course I, you do. I'm just trying to get you to talk about Joe Camel's uh, Joe suggestive Camel's, nose. Joe Camel's whole face. JoeCamelHurtsKids.com. Just a uh, just a giant um, protuberance. Protuberance. <laughs> uh, and so they're a big business, but people don't like them, and in particular. In the 1960s, you know who hates them? Lady Bird Johnson. Oh, sure. Oh, boy, does she hate them. She doesn't like billboards. She's been driving back and forth between Austin and D.C. ever since her husband's been in Congress, and she is sick of it. She loves the seeing the hills and dales alongside the highways and byways of our great land, and her view is being blocked. Her big thing in office was beautification. She yeah. was the one, she, she wanted to beautify D.C. She wanted more flower beds, more park benches, more money into the urban blighted parts of town. Um, this was her uh, Betty Ford rehab or, right, or her cause celeb, her be best hashtag be best. Uh, it was all about park benches and daffodils. And back then, I think that was a very acceptable thing for a Southern lady mm-hmm. to be into. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not getting into racial politics. She just wants to beautify the highways. She would say things, and she she seemed to mean it. Mm-hmm. But she, and to to this day, outside Austin, there's you know a beautiful flower garden. I think she was a horticulturalist, a gardener, but she would say things like ugliness is so grim. Something that's lovely, I think can help create harmony, which will lessen tensions. So it's like you solve the world's problems, but you do it by planting tulips, not by any particular political reform. Right. And planting tulips in conjunction with political reform to be described later to be, yeah. And to be, and to be solved by the men. (laughs) Right. But she would go like, she would be even more so than Eleanor Roosevelt. She would go into cabinet and committee meetings and try to drum up support. And one of the things she wanted was to pass this highway beautification act that would limit billboards. And the outdoor advertising association of America was not having Mm, it. mm. They were not going to get this passed, and they were paying off Congress people right and left. Turns out they're a big, big, like, uh, industry, well, a major industry and a big lobbying group. Don't mess with big billboard. Yeah. Um, in the end, she was just going to make life miserable for Lyndon. Uh, and he finally, towards 
you know, in 1965, it looked like this was not going to get out of Congress. And, and he got congressional leadership together and said, you know, I love that woman. And she wants that Highway Beautification Act, and by God, we're going to get it for now, her. Now, listen here, boy. <laughs> you're going to vote for my uh, wife's project. Here I say, I say, son. <laughs> and they're like, uh, President Johnson, why is your protuberance hanging out of your pants? <laughs> the uh, So it gets passed, but it gets totally watered down by, the, uh, by Big Billboard. Um, it's got big exceptions for... Areas of commercial and industrial use. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so no billboards except where you would put billboards, basically. Right. And this is when Washington, uh, Washington's already banned billboards, and it, that gets limited more and more over the years. Seattle uh, does a near-complete ban except for along highways, which is why Highway 99, I think, still has a series of billboards, as I saw driving here today. Well, throughout the city, though. Yes. There are billboards all throughout the city. They are, I think many were grandfathered in. Yeah. Is my is my recollection. They were, but they were um they were owned by a, now the billboards all have the word Lamar on them. Yes. Lamar is the big uh, billboard company, but Lamar took over for a for an old Seattle company or I'm sorry, an old Seattle family. Uh the the billboards in Seattle were owned by a by a family called the Ackerleys. And you used to see yeah. on every billboard the, the name Ackerley. And Ackerley was a, like a, they had a lot of different media properties, but Seattle billboards were a big part of their thing. But do you know who bought Ackerley? Clear Channel. We're, and who we are now allowed to denigrate That's on the right. program. Our former bosses. Who Clear Channel? Who bought uh, How Stuff Works Media? So that's why all the billboards, a lot of the billboards in Seattle, are radio stations, because because oh, Clear Channel bought Ackerley, and it's supposed to be just stuff that was grandfathered in from before a lot of these laws passing in the '60s and '70s. But somehow they're still propagating. I think, I think when they, I don't know. There's clauses that would allow them to move billboards away from I don't know to, to other areas, away from schools or whatever. And it's it's not it didn't happen. It didn't go down the way the law was intended. The statute of limitations is passed on this, so I can discuss it. But in the in the late nineties, mid to late nineties, we um, during the heyday of the Adbusters years, the magazine Adbusters, which was a Canadian um, anti-capitalist, anti-advertising magazine, uh, was really popular among a certain s- segment of my friend set, my art friend set, and we had a little group. Uh, that late at night went out and altered billboards in Seattle. And we were at war with the Ackerley family for a few years. We had a whole, we had walkie talkies, we had climbing gear. We would go out and, and there were, were you co- doing anything fun or were you just splashing paint on them? Oh no, no. Super fun. We would, we would figure out what the font was of the billboard. And then we would go change the, we would, we would figure out what, we wanted the new text to say, and we would print giant letters in the in the correct font and color, and then go up and wheat paste over the billboard with our new our new uh, ad, you know culture jamming messages. I was just one of ten people that were a member of this group. Not one of the um, I was not one of the spearhead art people. I was a guy with a walkie talkie that was up at the corner saying all clear. But I, I never actually scaled a billboard, but we went on missions all the time. And it was like really thrilling because we felt <sighs> that culture jamming was real and that billboards were incredibly intrusive 
and um what was the objection that they were too capitalist or that they were ugly or uh no that that what they do is they monopolize your eye and your mind in a way that you have no buy-in. Right. You do not get to choose to turn off a billboard, right? You can you can avoid a television, you can avoid advertising, but billboards have colonized this the the space in a city they in a colonize way. Colonize your retina. Everywhere you go, there's just somebody like hammering this and a lot of the, a lot of billboards were ideological, a lot of right to life, a lot of cigarette stuff and um so we, you know, we had a pretty good time with it. We got in the newspaper several times. Ackerley was very fast to get out there and change the billboard once we'd modified it. Because we did some that were pretty visible. Big ones that you could see from the highway and stuff. And they would be out there by the afternoon. Really? With a, with a whole they, new billboard. They probably had to develop a whole new uh, fast action team. To combat you guys. Right, but they also, I mean, our, I guess our, one of our justifications was thinking that they now owed money to whatever company it was. You know, we were, we were trying to kind of run them out of business. Um, and we ran them right into clear channel. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I once walked by a golf course that said, had a sign out front. The signboard said public meeting. And I, I moved the L. Oh, you turned so it a pubic, pubic meeting. meeting. I don't, pretty that's, good. that's a pretty good little bit of culture jamming. Sick burn. I don't want to brag too much. Uh, you know, the biggest political back and forth. I don't want to denigrate your ad busters guys. No, it's okay. But the highest profile back and forth over Washington state billboards is the Hamilton farms one down by Chehalis. Oh, the uncle, uncle Sam, Sam which I'm anybody driving between Seattle and, and point South Portland or California has probably seen this giant billboard with this kind of very crudely drawn uncle Sam face that almost looks like some kind of Henry Darg or some kind of outsider art thing. Yep. accompanied by kind of a, a John Birchie he's, slogan. He, he's a weird Uncle Sam where his eyes are way too close together <laughs> and and the person that drew it has no sense of three-dimensional uh, perspective. So it's just, it almost looks like an Egyptian sort of, uh, and then a very large tie. His bow tie is quite big. Yes, The hat looks good. It's a good looking Uncle Sam top hat, but the face is super um, like... Grays looks like a gray, looks like one of the grays, and a very eccentric kind of right wing slogans always. You know, some of the kind of stuff you'd expect. Obama's going to take your guns or, right. or whatever, but then just some weird ones. You know, going off again about he's anti libraries. Or, yeah, he's he, he's libertarian, but also like deeply weird. He doesn't seem super religious. He's much more like. Those jackbooted FBI thugs are going to come take our lunch meat. Often they're kind of designed to be jokes. They're just not funny. But their conservatives can't meme. Like, jokes. yeah, here's, yeah, why isn't there a conservative daily show? It's like, uh, there's no Mexican Olympic team because all the runners and swimmers are here. Like, it's, it's that kind of a thing. Nice. I'm, I'm laughing Boy, already. You got both, the, both, both things. <laughs> so funny the, racism. So that was, so this billboard is technically illegal. It is not. It's on, on his land, though. It is on his land, but that doesn't matter unless it, it's advertising his land. Uh, so when Slate Gordon was attorney general, he was involved in like a 20-year war. I mean, he and his successors, and he was on the legislature before, 20-year war with this guy. The state has been trying to get this guy to shut it down. And I think once he moved it from Centralia to Chehalis or something. Yeah, I remember it moving. 
Uh, and today, really, there's no legal justification for it. At, at one point, the deal was, yeah, this can stay. It's an ad for Hamilton Farms. And today, there's no ad whatsoever on it. It says, um, down at the bottom, it says, Hamilton Corner, LLC, commercial space for lease. Just in very small letters, right at the bottom. Well, that's how they, that's the loophole that lets that, um, a little further south in Kelso, do you know those two that always have kind of Bible-y uh, fire and brimstone slogans? Well, but it never changes. That's like a painted billboard that says, are you ready to meet your maker? I thought sometimes it, change. it doesn't change. That I, one doesn't change. I think, I think of that as being one that's painted with oil paint. The, one, the, the way that gets away with it is because there's one sign facing north, one side facing south, and then in between, right as you drive by, there's a thing that says gospelsigns.org. It's an ad for religious signage. Oh really? That's well. I mean, it's not. It's but that's the right. pretext is that uh, you know we can advertise for our religious signs here on our in front of our church. I thought you were going to say it was a Fight Club thing where, <laughs> like, very briefly you just see like a like a <laughs> dot. You see Joe Camel. <laughs> it's very sexy. There are a few states that have banned billboards altogether: uh, Vermont and Maine, and Hawaii and Alaska. Have you no definitely feel it in Vermont uh, because New Hampshire is such an unregulated. Like smoking garbage pile. You're always talking. This is like your Utah and Nevada. They don't have a big Black Rock Desert or whatever between them. So no, you just go across the border, and all of a sudden, like all of the, it's like going from Miami to Havana. <laughs> and it really, you know, one of the things that stands out about being in Cuba is there's no advertising of any kind. And driving around Cuba, your mind doesn't kind of can't register it for a long time. Like what? what is so different here? And it's just, you'd never see, you don't even see like an old tin sign for Coca-Cola. There's, there's nothing. And, uh, do you think that's the source of Aloha? Like that's what's very different about Hawaii is no billboards. Yeah. There's no advertising. I mean, there's a, a lot of that feeling of there's decay in Hawaii, right? You see like old sugar plantations that are kind of falling down and sugar there's, mills. yeah, there's stuff that's, that is, um, but there's not that feeling of uh, the dystopian feeling that that even new billboards kind of bring to a situation. It's just like ugh, because because of the Blade Runner right aspect of it, where you know the thing one of the things that makes Blade Runner feel so real is that it's just that kind of advertising cranked up. Those kind of movies made advertising look kind of cool. And I think the culture chased it like those big kind of building sized projection hologram billboards you see in Tokyo seem to be an attempt to be like, Oh, you liked the cool billboard from the movie? Well, right. well check out this. Times Square now too is just insane. You can see it from space. There's been a lot of innovation in billboards just so that people aren't looking at the same flat, Stuff, um, mechanical billboards, ones that move and do stuff, date back to 1960, a mechanical crab uh, installed on uh, on the Kani Doraku billboard in Osaka. This is like the, the guy with the, the sure. moving pistol hand? Or the uh, Panera soup that releases steam yeah. every 10 minutes. There's one where somebody was blowing smoke rings, right? Wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Where was that? Time, uh, it was in uh, like Madison Square, maybe. What, is that even, what was it even an ad for? I don't remember. Cigarettes. Oh, it's it's that old? Yeah. Uh, and of course, so, you know, and a part of that is just because once your part of your retina has been colonized, you're going to try to, you, the brain is going to blank it out a bit, right? Yeah, sure. So you have to keep people looking with novelty. And that's why you get, 
adds on the Goodyear blimp because we're not right. sick of that yet. Or uh, I'll watch a blimp all day, especially one like a Blade Runner one where there's a like a, a pretty Japanese girl going with some strange like violin music behind her. Yeah, I only look up at the Goodyear blimp when it says Ice Cube's a pimp. That's what I want to see. Word. Wait, do they even have the Goodyear blimp anymore? Uh, we don't see it out here. Growing up in Seattle, you would see it every time there was a, even though the kingdom wasn't closed, maybe for Husky Stadium. It's still very pa- popular in the area around Akron, yeah, Ohio. It, like the Goodyear blimp does not leave the Ohio State. Uh, you, you see it, the last thing? time I saw the Goodyear blimp when I wasn't in Ohio uh, was in Michigan. So it does make the rounds, uh, the sort of <laughs> Great Lakes region. That's probably like an, uh, that's enemy territory yeah. to go up to go Michigan. Go to Michigan and yeah. drop uh, leaflets. <laughs> They're dropping leaflets on Ann Arbor. But I mean, when was the last time you saw the Oscar Wiener mobile? Oh yeah. We used to see that all the Maybe time. Maybe it too. crashed into the Goodyear blimp. There's a huge conflagration. Mm. Other kinds of Sounds novelty. Delicious. I mean, you see that you mentioned Times Square, all these digital billboards now let you, let billboards sell time to multiple people because it can actually cycle through multiple ads. Do you remember the first TV vi- uh, billboards you saw? I remember, th- do you remember the tri-vision ones that were like, they had the little triangle so it could do three different ads. There was one down kind of on, um, on Mercer street yeah. by the so, tow truck. So I like those. Because I like those too. As, when I, as somebody that was out walking at night, um, they shut down at night. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. They just go to one and flatten out, but sometimes do you have to pay extra to be the, the all night one. Maybe I wondered that actually, but there, there every once in a while, so one would get left on and they make a lot of noise. Every time they move, it's just like clack, 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 clack. And you only notice it at night because there's nobody around and it's quiet. If you're in a car, you would never know anyway. Right? Yeah. But even in the middle of the day, you know, street noise kind of blends, blends with it, but 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 you're a neon sign. You stay open all the time. Yeah. But do, the first TV video, or the first like big bright uh, arresting video I remember is that one outside of Fife, right between Fife and Federal Way when you're coming it, out of Tacoma, and then what's it? What is it? The casino? What's no, it, for? It, it was before the casino. It was on I five, p- pointing down. Uh, so if you're headed north on I-5, yeah. right outside of Fife, this thing, and it was so bright and so unprecedented because there never, I'd never seen a, a billboard that was self-illuminating. And I, I swear it was a hazard to road traffic. So that's one question. Is, that, is there a safety argument to be made against billboards? Because people like Lady Bird Johnson, who are anti-billboard, will often appeal to that. Like, it's not just that it's ugly. We can, you know, reasonable minds can differ about that. But car accidents go up. It turns out the evidence is not that strong. Hmm. There are plenty of findings that do not, the billboard population does not correlate with fatalities. I but it, don't need any correlation to prove a thing that I already know. Well, it's a little difficult to say because I think one problem with the data is you have to count on drivers to be like, yeah, it was the billboard that yeah. the distracted me. I mean, in the absence of that, all you can do is look at billboard density. Right. And that may correlate with, Cars on the road, you know, perfectly. So the latest innovation I saw in billboards, which I love, and I think there should be more of this, uh, advertisers are no longer content with colonizing your retina. They are now after your olfactory bulb as well. In Mooresville, North Carolina in 2010, a, uh, a steak restaurant. Oh no, it's a grocery store advertised its steak with a giant, uh, the billboard has a slab of meat on a fork, and every day between 7 and 10 a.m. and then 4 to 7 p.m., drive time, uh, the billboard released blasts of uh, 
of charcoal and steakums. <laughs> it just shoots. It shoots steakums at passing cars. It shoots uh, sassy steakums tweets. No, it emits the smell of black pepper and charcoal, which I, I guess is as close as you can get to meat smell. I believe it on the highway. I don't think I want to smell meat on the highway. Maybe not. I mean, this is the Cinnabon uh, racket, right? They just they Fake set smell. Up, yeah, they just push Cinnabon smell throughout the mall. Is that your conspiracy theory that Cinnabon doesn't actually make a good smell? They're just blasting fake Cinnabon. Cinnabon gate. Um, I think they're running a child porn uh, refuge underneath the 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 cinnamon drippings. And that concludes billboards. Entry 121.DA0403, certificate number 50861 in the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are archived at Omnibus Project. Our handles were at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick. I'm also on Instagram under my same name. You can email us with your questions and comments at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. You can join other like-minded Omnibus listeners on Facebook at the Futurelings Group, or if you are morally opposed to Facebook and Instagram, you can go on Reddit. The Futurelings have a group there. If you're morally opposed to Reddit, you can go on Discord. I don't know the degree to which you can be morally opposed to Discord, but if you are, you can start your own Futurelings group on a Usenet uh, message board. Rec.arts.podcasts.omnibusproject. Check it out. The Futurelings this week, uh, they got a thread locked down for um, for saying that they, uh, you could shoot me for a million dollar... Uh, or some thousand dollar Patreon donation. Oh, they got, they, 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 they were they joking were around. They, they were threatening my life and their, their thread got shut down. Not by me. Right. Cause I think you could, there is a price for which I would let a listener shoot at me. Shoot at you, but not shoot you. I feel like a lot of our listeners don't, wouldn't have the best aim. There are some of our listeners I bet are crack shots. Well, they would have to be at like 2000, uh, Yards away. So is this one of these greatest game situations where you, Ken Jennings, and one of these great hunters yes. would be dropped off on an island? I know I can't beat him at Jeopardy, but... <laughs> uh, if you are interested in sending us snail mail, which um, is not a slur against futurelings who happen to be snails... My uh, my daughter has been collecting snails all quarantine. She's got a terrarium full... My mother just last night was lamenting, not lamenting, she was noting that throughout her, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, Seattle had slugs and no snails. I have noticed this too. And now we have snails, and where did all the slugs go? The snails are prettier than slugs. Yes. But snails have outcompeted slugs? You could not go out back and dig a hole. In your, you know, if you were a, just a kid getting dirty in the backyard like me growing up here, you could not do that without eight or nine slugs being on the underside of whatever you flipped over. In, in, in my backyard, which has a little creek running through it, uh, in my childhood, it would have been so full of banana slugs 
Like there would have been slugs everywhere you turned. And now I have not even seen a slug. It would be like an Indiana Jones movie. And today, if you see a slug in the path, you're like, hey, hey look, kids, a slug. It's a big old slug. But what happened? snails. What have we done to I the environment? I never even saw a snail until 1999. So anyway, if you're a futureling that is a snail or knows about snails, snails and slugs. I um, feel like snails do the kind of tentacle merging thing when they get it on. They, they, I don't know if they have protuberances. I've never, they do have, they do have tentacle or they have, uh, they have those little like, uh, bleep bloop, uh, antennae, UA, UFO antenna style things like meaty antenna. That's uh, my favorite kind. If you're, if you're going, if you are a slug or snail expert, please do not send us slugs or snails, but you can send us snail mail at PO box five, five, seven, four, four shoreline, Washington. Nine eight one five five. I'm just opening up some mail right now. Uh, what do you got over there? JD sent us his favorite bookmark, which is a pre-Civil War era Louis- <sighs> Bank of Louisiana $10 bill. That's wonderful, except I believe that that is a reproduction. Maybe. Are you sure? Because it would be... As someone who has... Are you an expert in Civil War currency? As someone who has used a lot of uh, reproduction Civil War currency as bookmarks, I'm going to speculate that that is a reproduction. It's pretty old. I don't know. Take a look. See if you can use your keen eye. This is definitely not a reproduction. Uh, hmm. Who who sent us this? This is a... Um, there was a note asking us to discuss civil defense on the omnibus, and it's this amazing Your Community Fallout Shelter plan for residents of K County, Oklahoma. Well, well, well. Uh, hmm, wait a minute here. About this is this from Louisiana dollar. This is from Jeremy, uh, and this is really very helpful. We need to follow all these steps for our best chance of survival, John. Oh, yeah. here, here's what to do if you're in a boat. Have you ever, have you ever thought of what to do if you're in a boat and the bombs start falling? Yeah, if I'm in a boat, what if I'm wearing a coat? What if I have a goat? A boat with an enclosed cabin or tarpaulin could be used as an emergency shelter. Oh, sure. Just not a very good one. You, you, Fallout particles could be flushed off the top of the cabin or tarpaulin occasionally. That's how we're going to survive. You just have to get out every morning and brush all the radioactive fallout off your boat. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you'll be fine. <laughs> we're going to be fine because we are recording from a bunker. Uh, but those of you who don't have a bunker, please use a boat. Uh, and then finally, if you'd like to support the show... Uh, with a monetary contribution that does not have to be nominal. It can be nominal. It or, can also be... Or if it's if it's five figures, you get to shoot a, a gun at me, at me, Ken Jennings. Right. It, I think it's going to be six figures if you want to play the greatest game with Ken Jennings. <laughs> six figures payable to me. Um, you can support the show at patreon.com slash omnibusproject and be the recipient of many, many wonderful extra bonus features like an entire bonus episode where we respond to viewer comments and criticisms. Um, you also would be eligible to receive hard copy, or not copies, the original show notes that we use to do the shows. Actual artifacts, not reproductions, possibly like your Louisiana money. Right, a, uh, a feed of um, of photographs that, that are of and about our shows, and uh, lots of other bonus material... If you support the show at patreon.com slash omnibus. Thank you. We know we know not everyone can give now, but it makes it 
all the more important for those of you who can and, and us all the more grateful. Listeners from our vantage point here in the distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. Perhaps our billboards are all that are left of us and you just know uh, where to listen to the best country hits of the 80s, 90s, and today. Maybe that's all you know about our time. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, could be our final word to you. But if providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus. Omnibus.